Welcome. Welcome to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. We have a great program for you today. Uh, as we do every year, this is our fourth annual year. We started, God, 2014 uh, in February. And my guest, attorney Michelle Thomas, Michelle C. Thomas, uh, was my first guest. And we started with the topic of love and law. So we are going to continue that tradition. Attorney Thomas, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure, really and truly. I, wanna, I want to tell everybody, please go to the website, lawtalkwithethelmitchell.com, and put in attorney Michelle C. Thomas. And there are at least six programs that we've done. I didn't realize that until <laughs> I looked it up last night. And all of them are just fantastic. It's all about what does law have to say about matters of the heart. So you are our resident expert on that. Uh, I am. I yes, am. yes. Very pleased. We did that show with Audrey Chapman. You remember? That yeah. was ex. That I, was fun. That I was think really. We've done a couple of shows with her. Yeah. yeah that was great. Yeah, yeah. Those are really, really good. So for those of you who are new to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell, let me tell you a little about attorney Michelle C. Thomas. She's a graduate of the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. She earned her bachelor degree there and received her Juris Doctorate degree from the George Washington University School of Law. She is a member of the bar in the District of Columbia, Virginia, Maryland, the U.S. District Court, Eastern District of Virginia, U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fourth Circuit, and the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia. Uh, she's received numerous awards and belongs to many legal organizations, including an um, elected member of the D.C. Bar Board of Governors. She's been recognized by the National Bar Association as a top 40 lawyer under 40. Uh, she's been named also to the 2015 Top 100 Black Lawyers list for that year. She has provided expert advice or been seen in Essence and many other publications on various divorce and related topics. So welcome, 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 uh, Michelle. Um, as, as, but I have to put the disclaimer in here. Please remember, whatever you hear on this program is for information purposes only. There's no attorney-client relationship established by anything said on this show. Each person's circumstances are different, and you must seek individual counsel for any situation for which you need legal advice. So, Attorney Thomas, Law and Love, talk to us about it. What we, we were talking, getting ready for the program, um, I asked what you wanted to talk about, because you see divorce, you see separation, but it's also a time of love. People are getting, you know, um, uh, engaged. A lot of people get engaged right. around Valentine's Day. So what should they know? What should they think about? Talk, talk to us about that, please. Sure. So it's interesting. There was a study last year that, that projected that nearly 6 million people or 6 million couples are likely to get engaged on Valentine's Day. Wow. Um, and so it's a, yeah, it's a really, really, uh, it's a really, really big day mm -hmm. uh, for couples. But a lot of people don't realize just how much there's also a business or legal component <laughs> to, yeah. this, to this marriage. I mean, 
talking about the law and how it relates to your your future with your your you know significant other it's that's not sexy right so a lot of right. people try to put that aside but when you do that you're only setting yourself up for failure down the road mm-hmm. because there are so many aspects from the commingling of your money uh, how you're going to handle paying the bills how you're going to um, you know, divide, you know, properties. Do you have to ask one another for before you make a major purchase? I mean, there are so many discussions that need to happen before you say I do um, that are much more sort of business or legal oriented than they are love oriented. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so my goal is to try to help people see clearly to actually help divorce proof your marriage, which I know it may sound counter to my personal interest, <laughs> but I always believe that divorce is an, should be your absolute last resort. Okay. I really want to talk to people about some things that they can do to try to help divorce-proof their marriage, as many, many couples will be saying, I do, in these next few days. Okay, so so we're going to talk about divorce-proofing your marriage. I've never even heard that term, except I think you used it once before. So I, I would Probably. say that's something that, that, that an engaged couple would love to know about, actually. When you put it that way, it's a very positive sure. spin on it. You know, because it is a positive thing. So sure. talk to us. What would you say? Tell us, because you're, you're, you're our resident expert on this, and for good reason, too. Right. <laughs> at, at, at this point, Ethel, I feel like I've absolutely seen it all. But, um, you know, what the first piece of advice I want to leave with your, your listeners is transparency. There must be complete and total transparency from day one, and that includes both with expectations of roles and responsibilities in a marriage, but also with, for example, full financial disclosure. Mm-hmm. Are you comfortable providing your credit report to the to your soon-to-be spouse and mm. going over the details of that? Mm. Are you comfortable talking about your past, whether there's been any bankruptcies, liens, judgments? Because all of that will affect, you know, your, your credit as a couple, your ability to buy a house. A house, and right. And all of those things. Yeah. And so what happens is, once you, be, once you say, I do, there's a legal contract <laughs> that's yeah, that is. Between, between you and your spouse. A big one. And so you want to, yeah, you want to talk about, you know, are you going to file taxes jointly or separately? Um, if there's a tax liability, who's a, that's Yeah, a that's a big one. Person, yeah, because of one person, who's going to be responsible? Because if you file taxes jointly, there's a good chance that the IRS is coming for either one of you, whoever has the money to pay, yeah. whether or not you are the person that's responsible for it. Yeah, I know. I know spouses that have been having their uh, salary, you know, garnished for the taxes of the spouse that they're no longer even married to. They're still getting oh, their yeah. salaries garnished. Uh, it's awful. Yeah, you don't want that. Well, yeah, well, let me say that I was just involved in a, in a situation where, in, in preparing a, a settlement agreement for a divorcing couple, we had to actually address um, indemnification. In other words, if there's a tax liability that presently exists, and if the IRS should come for the other spouse, how is that spouse going to be compensated if mm. they weren't the one responsible for it? So those are the things you really want to think about. Yeah, that's big. Yeah, and and you know, people when they, when you're in love, right? You don't you don't want to talk about that. That is the last thing you want to talk about. Yeah, it's the last thing. Yeah, uh, but the reason why I encourage couples to think about these kinds of issues from the beginning is because you can actually be proactive about it 
by by considering signing a prenuptial agreement that actually addresses all of these different types of scenarios mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. issues. So you sort of protect yourself early on mm-hmm. from what could come down the road. And that's, you know, that's that's a good point. And it's important now because young people are marrying later in life and Absolutely. they got some serious stuff. You know what I mean? Like a lot of 40-year-olds, 30-year-olds are marrying now and yes. they've been in the workforce for a while and they've yes. got retirement accounts. Many single yes. men and women already own their own houses, Absolutely. you know, and, and, and they've made good savings and they've got big 401ks or TSPs. It's not like when people didn't get married until 18, you know, they got married at 18 right. and they didn't have anything. So everything they built, they built together. So. That's, that's correct. A generation or two ago, you know, my parents, parents, grandparents, you know, you graduate high school or college, get married right away. Exactly. That is absolutely not the case. For not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Um, and a lot of people around here, especially, have inherited property mm-hmm. or they will inherit significant assets from their parents or their aunts, their uncles and family and so on. And so what happens to that property? is a big issue too, yeah. Right, and and this is why I I say, you know, family lawyers, worst lawyers, they're not all bad. I mean, you can actually have a consultation with a family lawyer as you're preparing to enter into marriage because you can talk about those kinds of things. So, Mm -hmm. for example, in many jurisdictions, inherited property still remains the recipient's separate property even if you receive it during the marriage. Mm-hmm. And so people may not know that or may not be aware of what their rights are to certain property, or one spouse may think that they, the two of them, are coming into an inheritance when really it's just the other person and that right. they are not entitled to those, to those funds at all. Right. So, so but then, the- then what happens when they co-mingle the money? Let's say you, your mama, right. you know, you, you get, you get $50,000 when your mother or daddy dies and you put that in a joint bank account. Is that... Does it right. then become joint, you know, or you live in the, the yeah. house that, that used to be your mother and father's and together you build, um, you know, you put a lot of money into that house together. Correct. So yeah. Yeah. what happens to that? Sure. And, and I see that all of the time. Um, yeah. uh, and it, it's true that when you commingling assets is, is an issue. And so that, that's why I really suggest that you really want to do your due diligence on the front end because you can receive legal advice that will help you structure your finances, structure your accounts, your assets, how you hold them, how you title them, mm-hmm. where you deposit them. Yeah, so that you can that's protect, important. Protect it down the road if, if that's your decision. Or you can alternatively, like I've mentioned, sign a prenuptial agreement that says even if this amount of money or asset is jointly titled or deposited mm-hmm. into a certain account, it will still remain my separate property. Your separate property. Just before we start back up again, Michelle, let me just make an announcement. Right now at Oxen Hill, on Oxen Hill, rather, at Gaylord National Resort and Convention Center, the Alfred Street Baptist Church HBCU College Festival is going on. It is completely free. If you have a child or you are a person who wants to go to college, uh, to HBCUs, They are having this massive festival. It's so big that they had to move it to the Gaylord. 
HBCU colleges are present. I understand some of them are actually accepting students. There's a lot of money for uh, loans, uh, uh, grants, you know, admission and money is being passed out right now. So go down to the Gaylord. Um, I believe you have to register, but please go tell your children, your grandchildren, whoever you know that might be interested in going to college. It's completely free. It's going on right now. I've announced it the past couple of weeks. It'll be open until 3.30 this afternoon at the Gaylord National Resort and Convention Center at 201 Waterfront Street, Oxon Hill, um, Maryland. So please, if you if you are interested or you have somebody that's interested, this is a great opportunity. And people come in from as far away as Alaska, I understand, to go to this festival, to get admitted to colleges, and to get the money to go. So I just wanted to make that announcement. Um, you're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I'm your host, Attorney Ethel Mitchell. And we have Attorney Michelle C. Thomas on with us talking about divorce proofing your marriage. Um, uh, so welcome back, Attorney Thomas. Uh, I you. want you to tell my audience more uh, about these, because you see this, this is what you work with every day. It's like me working with wills and trust and so on. This is what you see every day. And by the way, audience, if you have questions for Attorney Thomas, please do call in at 1-800-450-7876. It's 1-800-450-7876. Uh, so continue, please. Let us, what are some other things that you can see uh, that, that if people did, it would certainly help their relationship to uh, last, be stronger, and I like that term, divorce-proof. Sure. So before the break, we were talking about transparency and more specifically financial transparency. And yes. that is a conversation that should be had, whether between the, the, the couple themselves or with pastoral counseling or with a lawyer who can help advise and, and explain exactly what's going to happen to you, money that you see by an inheritance or what happens with your 401k or TSP that you had before uh, yeah. the marriage, but that you continue to contribute to after the marriage, what happens with those funds mm -hmm. and then have a marital component? And so that's a really important discussion. The second com component that I, that I really want your listeners to grasp is the concept of authentic communication. What and is that? Communicating before you say I do, as, we, as, we, as I said, about 6 million couples are expected to get engaged That's or amazing. expecting someone to propose this coming Valentine's Day. So being able to communicate about everything, expectations during the marriage, um, is, is critically important. And when I say authentically, I mean just being completely honest about what it is, because what I see a lot of times in my practice is where there, people are, are totally on two different playing fields in terms of what each other expected. Um, if you marry someone who's, let's say, a, a prominent you know, businesswoman or prominent person who is out and about, you can't also expect her to be Betty Crocker. You know, so you have, to really, <laughs> you have to really have that discussion like, you know, what are the expectations? Do you expect someone to be at home and to have your meal prepared you know, before you return home? Mm -hmm. Or are you comfortable? Another thing also relating back to money is, are the, are, is the couple okay with one spouse earning significantly more than the other? Yeah. 
what I've yeah. seen a lot of times is, is couples that start out together, same, same career level, same sort of playing field or ballpark in terms of income. And then one person's career skyrockets during mm. the marriage. It totally takes off. And I, I don't want to, to, to be biased, but what I will say is that when it's the woman whose career takes off during the marriage, I've seen that fuel a lot of the fire and ultimately bring them into my, into my office. Um, when you start out together and then one person, so you want to talk about that. Is, is it okay for one person to be the primary breadwinner? Are you going to be resentful of your spouse for not mm-hmm. um, contributing, let's say, equally? Mm-hmm. And, and one of the reasons I always suggest sort of just taking the time to, to talk to someone where you can get legal advice is how will your contributions during the marriage play out at the end of the day in terms of if, if the marriage does dissolve? Because mm-hmm. a lot of people may not know that, that a main factor the courts look at in this dividing property is what have your contributions been to the marriage both monetarily and non-monetarily. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important to understand how what you're doing could affect things if they if things don't turn out well. And I hate to be this, I don't want to be this, you know, pessimist here, but the reality is right that more than half of the marriages do in fact end in divorce. So we want to be prepared and proactive about what could potentially happen um, and not just put our heads in the sand and act like that's not a possible possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Reality. So so are you some people say, well if you go see a lawyer, that means that you're expecting a divorce are you preparing for a divorce no 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 go go ahead (laughs) i mean (laughs) i mean seriously seriously that's what people say you know one they resent that it's so uh, unromantic but also they're saying that you know well you're just getting ready for a divorce you don't really trust me if you go see a lawyer are you dragging me into a lawyer we're not even married yet I'm just playing devil's advocate here, okay? <laughs> I hear you, and I know that that's true. And if, I mean, I have said this, I can't say this enough on your show and, and everywhere I go. If you don't drive a car without insurance, you don't buy a house without insurance, why in the world would you make one of the most impactful decisions of your life without any type of insurance? And that's yeah. how I try to get people to understand about the, the concept of, of prenuptial agreements and having these planning sessions before you say I do. It is simply being proactive about your future and engaging in proper planning to help minimize and mitigate the risk of of negativity and possible dissolution down the road. Yeah, that's important. These are the issues that, yeah, and when you meet with a lawyer to go over these issues, it's likely that you're going to start talking about things that you and your your soon-to-be spouse would have never thought about before. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But that are likely to come up down the road because when I when people consult with me regarding prenuptial agreements, the number of times I hear, "Oh wow, I never thought about that," or "Oh wow, you know, mm-hmm. we never talked about that before." That that happens all the time. Yeah. So this actually is a positive step mm-hmm. to help protect and divorce-proof your marriage down the road. So so really so the, the the discussion and the prenups don't necessarily mean you don't get married. No, I, I think it means that, that you're planning to get married and actually planning for a successful for a successful marriage. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, there's there's regret is is one of the worst I think feelings that people can experience. And what what I try to advocate for is living life and engaging in this next step with no regret. 
Yeah. And the best way to do that is to be as proactive and prepared as possible for what is, in fact, a legal contractual agreement between two people when they get married. And a big one, too. Oh, it's big. Oh, absolutely. It's really big, yeah. Now, <laughs> now talk to us also about, for those couples who are already married, is there yes. such a thing as a, an agreement that you can go into in what's called a post-nuptial situation? And then I, w- I want to also talk about the estate planning part of this, because mm-hmm. that's yeah. I'm beginning to see more and more blended couples who are coming in to have their estates planned because they do have so much property that they had before they got married. They have separate children, and they want to make sure that when one of them dies, they're not so much planning for divorce. They're planning when one dies, there's not going to be confusion in the family. So, but, yeah. but continue, talk, you talk about postnuptial, and then I'll put a little bit in there in terms of, of the estate planning piece that is also very helpful, too. Sure. So regarding postnuptials, to answer your question, yes, there is such a thing as a postnuptial agreement. Now, I look at that a little bit differently than prenups in terms of what it indicates about the state of your marriage, because um, once you're already married, it is possible that parties can find an agreement that says, look, you know, we've decided now that this property that I had over here is going to remain mine, or you're not entitled to something, or we're going to agree that if in the event that we do divorce, we're not going to, there's going to be no alimony paid, for example. Mm-hmm. When your spouse though, begins talking about a postnup, that's you, that, that could be a sign that you're in trouble or that mm-hmm. you need to start seeking some other sort of counseling or, you know, pastoral counseling or something like that. Mm-hmm. Because typically after the fact, when people begin thinking about these kinds of things, it's because the thought has crossed their mind. Uh, um, and so I'm always I'm an advocate of trying to do it beforehand where you're just in the phase of planning mm-hmm, for a successful mm-hmm. marriage. But but if you do find yourself in a situation where you say, well, I want to give it my best shot. However, I do want to protect myself. There is a postnuptial agreement that can be prepared. Yeah. that can protect you in the same way that a, a prenuptial agreement. Can. Yeah. 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 That's good. It's I get, a little bit of a different conversation, I think, when you start having a, a postnuptial conversation. Right. But I could see where it would come up with, say, you're married now and you see that either your spouse handles money in a way that you didn't expect or you see other couples going through a divorce and you don't want to go through that or right. you receive a significant inheritance that you want to protect, you know, mm-hmm. and, 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 and the other spouse is in agreement with it. You know, I could see where, okay, so you inherited this property and you want to make sure that that property is is going to go to your children or that your spouse never has an interest in that property and you want them to say so for whatever reason, okay? Sure. Then I could see where they could come to someone like you and say, you know what, let's do a postnuptial here that would say, even if we divorce, you're not going to try and get any part of this other property here that I just sure. inherited. Yeah, I could see it. It may or may not be a negative. Uh, it could mm-hmm. be. It could be a positive. Do call in one eight hundred four five zero seven eight seven six one eight hundred four five zero seven eight seven six if you have questions about this. Attorney Thomas, would you give out your website and your telephone number, and then we'll have to go for a break. 
Sure. Our listeners can reach me at www.thomaslawcc.com, 202-536-4841. Okay. And you're in Silver Spring as well. We were actually in the same building, right? Yes, yes. Very good, very good. Um, Maryland and Virginia. Yes, yes. Um, uh, you, you talked about doing the post-nup and the pre-nup. I want to encourage people to do the estate planning as well, uh, particularly when you're in a blended family, so right. that you have said in your will or in your trust what's to happen when one of you dies. And that's a conversation right. that I think people absolutely need to have because it's so important that you say, does your spouse stay in the house? Do your children and not their children get an interest in the house? It has right. the money divided up. How, who's going to take care of mother and dad? You know, Who's going to be in charge? That's a biggie. Yeah. That's a real, real biggie. And it might be different as between the husband and you know, the, the, the respective spouses. Um, so I just want to put a plug in there for mm -hmm. spouses to do their estate planning as well because I've seen a lot of families even not blended families, okay, same mother and father, they fight because nobody mm -hmm. did their estate planning. I hope that everybody appreciates that this is probably the only place on the radio where you can get this information. Uh, you've got lawyers that do this work every day who are really and truly have a, a depth of expertise in the issues that we're talking about and they're giving you practical, down-to-earth information and guidance that will educate you and empower you in the practical day-to-day -day living of your lives. That's really, really, you know, special. So, Attorney Thomas, you are our resident uh, expert on love and law, matters of the heart. Where else do you see the intersection of law in, in, in relationships, and, and what else would you like to share with the audience, please? Uh, sure. So before the break, you were mentioning um, engage, doing a post-nuptial agreement, for example, if you have two um, more senior couples who are divorced and they may have adult children from different marriages but are on the same page. And I think that's a really good point as to where um, estate planning really overlaps or intersects with this sort of divorce or family law planning because most of the times when you receive an inheritance, it's going to be that recipient separate property irrespective of, of when they've received or if they received it during the marriage. So if both parties are on the same page, it, it, I would certainly recommend doing some estate planning around that mm -hmm. on what happens to that as opposed to even necessarily a post-nuptial agreement. Um, yeah, that's important. Because I think that, that helps with that component. But also, we've talked about transparency. We've talked about communication in terms of divorce-proofing a marriage. Um, thirdly, I want to emphasize trust between two people and the necessity of it when you're, when you're about to decide <laughs> this coming Valentine's Day whether to say I do. Yes. And particularly trust around, around finances. Um, because what I've seen a lot of is this concept of financial deceit That's that different. oftentimes wreaks havoc on a marriage 
down the road. What does that mean, financial deceit? <laughs> hmm. So what that means, it, it could be as something as basic as someone buying a new, you know, dress or outfit and hiding it from the spouse so they don't want them to know how much money they spent. Or you can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> it, it, I mean, those are those are some factors that may ultimately cause you to to have a consultation down the road that you, that you wanted to try to avoid. Um, or it could be as significant as someone moving money around, depositing money into offshore accounts, particularly if you have business owners where you're not necessarily a W-2 employee, but you have a lot of discretion in terms of, of deductions and, and what you consider you know, business revenue profit versus what income to the individual. There's a lot of what I've seen is a lot of deceit around that and, and parties always trying to either hide money Sending money to accounts that these the spouses don't know about, um, oh, and wow. all I what I can tell people is that one money always leaves the paper trail. Mm-hmm. You so, always say that. You always I say that. Say it because it's so true. <laughs> it's so true. Um, and but secondly, those are the kinds of behaviors that are ultimately going to cause could cost you your marriage because that type of financial deceit it can also work this way in the other times in other areas of your marriage where you're not being completely forthcoming and candid about what you're doing. Um, but these are some discussions that you would have if you engage in this premarital planning stage, which is, is there an amount, a dollar amount that each party can spend without even having to inform the other side? That's a nice you way know, of dealing or, with it, yeah. Yeah, or is there an amount that if there's a purchase over, you know, $5,000 or, you know, $1,000 that you need to talk to the other person about? Mm-hmm. Um, so these are just some of the things that I think that it's important for people to talk about as early as possible to uh-huh. avoid it coming up in a contentious situation down the road. Okay, okay. I've heard people on, on, on different programs say you should have a joint account and then that each contribute to, not necessarily equally, but then there, then each of you should have a separate account that you can spend any way yeah. you want. Is that a good idea? Is that a so that's an excellent point that you make. The law says, however, that even if and when I say the law, I'm specifically speaking to the DC, Maryland, Virginia area, but the law says that even if an account is titled in your sole name, that does not just make it yours. Ah. Uh-huh. So even if and, and people say that all the time, well, I pay for this with my money. And I say, well, did you earn that money during the marriage? Because if you earn the money during the marriage, it's it's both of your money. It's not just yours. Uh-huh. And so a lot of times, so while that may work from a practical standpoint, just in day-to-day, you know, functioning of your household, at the end of the day, if you find your your the dissolution of your marriage becoming imminent, you should be aware that whatever you have in your own so-called separate account could still be distributed and divided by the court. Wow. If you earned it or received it during the marriage. So receipt during the marriage is, is during the marriage is kind of the operative term. C- correct. Unless yeah. of course it was by an inheritance or a gift, as as I mentioned earlier. But mm-hmm. um just because you got up and went to work every day and it went into an account with your name on it, that does not make it yours. But that's why wow. a lot of times people say oh, it's cheaper to keep her because you you could have a spouse that, you know, is a stay-at-home husband well, or yeah, wife, that's, and you're mm-hmm. the only one getting up every day, and it breeds resentment when you then have to turn over half of your savings or half of your earnings 
at the end of the day, which can be avoided through proper planning and prenuptial agreements. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Or postnuptial agreements. Yeah. Or postnuptial agreements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. And for people who have um, assets that are um, that are going to be churning out money for long periods of time, I'm, I'm mm-hmm. thinking of musicians. Uh, you know, anywhere where there's a stream of income that's yeah. coming from your efforts, shouldn't that also be part of the prenuptial agreement or postnuptial agreement? There should be some decision on what's going to happen to that money if you get a divorce or if you or when you die. Oh, absolutely. I, I've done prenups that include sections on royalties, that include sections on um, on, on profits, like you said, from businesses that you may have now that you might be receiving down the road. Um, that That's absolutely an issue that needs to be addressed because, again, it's going to breed resentment if <laughs> you've, you've created a, something today that you end up having to pay yourself for for years to come down the road. Mm-hmm. So that's why I say there's so much that you want to talk about in terms of being prepared for going into what is a very major decision, yeah. um, which is marriage. Mm-hmm. Very much so. You're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. My guest is attorney Michelle C. Thomas. Um, you can call in and ask questions at 1-800-450-7876. Uh, Michelle, would you give out your number again if people want to contact you for your services, please? Sure, sure. 202-536-4841, com. Okay, and uh, what's your website, please? Sure, that's thomaslawdc.com. Okay, and you can also go to lawtalkwithethelmitchell.com, and there's a nice pretty picture. She's pretty, too, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that we have on, on the website that shows her... Um, um, her her picture and her the link. Um, oh, okay, thank you. The uh, operator was telling me something. I'm sorry. Um, uh, and and you can you can reach her uh, through our website as well, uh, and her telephone number. Um, so when you when you see a couple, um, is there is there anything in particular you want them to come prepared? to talk about or come with when they first make a um, consultation with you? Is there, is there a particular point in the, in the relationship that is better for them to come in to see you than others? I mean... Yes. Well, when we schedule, we, we send a checklist, just practically speaking, we send a checklist to clients of a, of a list of documents and information to bring with them to maximize on our session or hour together. Generally speaking, it's, it's largely related to financial records. Okay. Um, you should know what kind of balances you have in retirement accounts, investment accounts, bank accounts, what your, if, there's a, if there are tax liabilities outstanding uh, between the two people, um, what properties, of course, if you own properties, mm-hmm. there's rental, what kind of rents or deficits you have. So those are some basic, inform- that's some basic information that we request so that we can give as specific as advice as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's really helpful. And, and in terms of when you should come, my preference would be to come before you say I do so that you can put all of that on the table and make sure that there's no resentment. Um, so, like, I, I don't know if you've seen this, Ethel, but there's, there's always celebrity divorces. 
Oh yeah, on. last last year was Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige. Right? Yeah, yeah. The, the most recent one going on right now is, is Jill Scott. I, I'm not sure. If oh, you've I'm seen so. About- I haven't. Tell tell me about it. What what at least was oh. on the air. Right. <laughs> <laughs> at least, right. This is that. I don't know personally, but. Okay, so you're not her lawyer, okay? I'm not her, no, not okay. at all. Or her husband's lawyer, whoever he is, yes. Uh-huh. That's correct. Um, what I've seen is it's somewhat similar to Mary J. Blige's situation, but he's demanding, I think, a payout of about $500,000 um, from her, you know, proceeds from her, obviously, her music and, and the like. And of course, there is a pre, there was a prenuptial agreement signed. Thank God. He, yeah. but he's challenging the prenup, mm. and he's still demanding, you know, all of these funds. And um, there's a great deal. It appears to be a great deal of animosity because he's, you know, said negative things about her, you know, in the media, and, and I think vice versa. Um, so there's just when you're doing this planning, I, I always say to do it as early as possible. Um, because one, one thing people don't know about prenups is that the closer in time you are to the marriage that you sign a prenup, the more susceptible it is to being challenged and overturned in a court. Ah, okay. So that's why I, one, that's one reason why I always encourage people to meet as early as possible yeah. with a lawyer in doing this planning. Do it early. Don't wait until you, the day before you're supposed to get married. No, and Don't do that. Put Please that don't on. do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, I've never had a client to say, I'm sorry I had a prenup. <laughs> never. <laughs> That's true. And I always tell people that. I never. Say, even, I would say, even though today you're reluctant to do this, at the point that you actually need to pull that prenup out and review it, you'll be so glad you have so one. so glad you have one. I have several clients that had prenups and things didn't work out. And, oh, my God, they, yeah. they, oh, they are so happy they had that prenup. I swear to God. Right. Yes, indeed. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So she did have one. That's good. That's she did. Good. Yeah. So hopefully, you know, things will work out favorably. Uh, but there are there are things that people can do to challenge prenups, and that's again why you want to plan as early as possible. Yeah. In the process. That's good. That's good. And and I would recommend prenups for older couples getting married, not yeah. just young people. You know, all the all the folks got some stuff. Too. And a lot of older people are getting married, you know, like they've lost their wives or maybe they've gotten divorced or their husbands and so on. And so they're they're, you know, over 50. There's a lot of marriages going on right now. And um, they could right. probably use some prenups, too, actually. Right. We call we call that in terms of it's a term of art, the great divorce when you have more. A gray divorce. How interesting. Yeah. I haven't heard that yeah. one. Okay. An ah. epidemic almost with the baby boomers and all saying, you know, life is too short and they're not going to spend it this way anymore. So you see that a lot. And we, we coin it the gray divorce. Wow. But as you mentioned earlier, it's a lot of times fueled by adult children mm. who are fighting for their shares and, and, and fueling one parent to make decisions in the, the adult child's best interest instead of what's good for that for that couple. Oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, that stage. Yeah. That's yeah. That a lot. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah. But yeah, it would be good to have a um Yeah, I'm seeing couples that have been married for 30 years getting divorced. That's that's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. unfortunate. That's very unfortunate. You're listening to Law Talk with Ethel Mitchell. I have as my guest uh attorney Michelle C. Thomas. She is a noted divorce strategist and uh, attorney that is 
well versed in the area of law and matters of the heart and love. And I think she's been giving us some very good, very good practical down to earth advice. I like the term divorce proofing your marriage. I like that term, Michelle. Did you did you yeah. come up with that one? That's a good one. I sure did. Yeah, I that's sure a did. good one. That's a good one. Yeah. You know, I spent nine months in uh, the Republic of Ghana, uh, and one of the things that I understood, you know, I went to their law school for a while and, and just stayed with the local family and so on, and their attitude toward marriage is very similar to what you're talking about. They do significant prenuptial counseling before mm -hmm. you get married. And, and yeah. I don't mean just going to the, the uh, sometimes it's done by the church, of course, but from uh, the, ma the families investigate each other, not just the two people. They yeah. believe that marriage is between families. And so yeah. they investigate the family of the person that you want to marry and vice versa. And mm -hmm. they, you know, even though very well educated and upper class one said to me, they would never marry somebody their family did not approve of. Yeah. That is such a significant part of their culture. And they don't believe in divorce. Short of right. violence, they don't believe in divorce and their divorces are, are very rare, very rare. Uh, right. But they're very clear about money also. And that, that was an interesting, like I said something about a joint bank account, and they looked at me like I had grown horns in my head. They just don't <laughs> mix funny. their money. It's really interesting. You know, the woman has her money, the man has his money, and they cooperate, of course, and coordinate mm -hmm. and so on. Uh, and the woman, the man gets the woman started in a business, uh, but then her, what she makes is hers. And yeah. and it's it's a very it's a very open and 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 business like orientation to the mm -hmm. marriage on that level at least at that level you know mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. it seems to work it definitely seems to work so mm -hmm. what you're saying sounds not too unlike that yeah yeah, yeah. I, I recently handled a, a divorce between two people I won't say which countries but they were originally mm -hmm. from two African two countries in Africa, uh -huh. and that was, the, that was at the core of the, the conversation and discourse was that this was an issue between the families, and ah. that they had to meet with the families before even agreeing to separate. It was a yes. really interesting dynamic, Yes, and that's one of the things that actually saddens me about what's happening in our, in our area, in our country, and that the divorce laws are making it even easier for parties to, to separate. Yeah, that's too bad. To making it harder, you know, and, and, and I always say this in Maryland, you used to have to be separated for two years for a no-fault divorce. And now they have a mutual and voluntary ground where there's no waiting period. Uh -huh. um, if you meet certain criteria, you can just get divorced just like that. And so, you know, society is definitely changing in this area, which is why I say that planning is all the more important before yeah. engaging in this endeavor. Yeah, you want, you want it to last if you can, certainly. And particularly when you have children, and you have property and you have all these memories together that's really, you know, you've had all these life experiences together. You want to protect that. You really want to protect right. that. I was lucky enough to have parents who uh, had both been married three times. And, and wow. but the last marriage, the marriage of the last together, like the 38 years, mother and dad, I've done a tribute to each of them because both of them died last year. And I did a tribute to mm -hmm. my mom in March 
and one to my dad in October. And they mm. forged such a strong bond. I mean, it was just a love affair that you could write about in the movies. You know what I mean? Like, like they wow. just wow. really loved each other, and they made us love each other, too. I mean, they worked actively to keep us together, you know, to put us together, because we were adults when they got married, and then to forge a f very strong family unit. Um, mm. uh, so, you know, a long, fruitful marriage is, is something to be treasured and honored. Yeah and encouraged and and um so i want to thank you for coming on law talk with ethel mitchell oh, as always you are full of great great practical down-to-earth information thank you very much and um i'm sure you'll be back on <laughs> sometime soon uh yes, but thank yes. you very much attorney thomas uh this thank is you. ethel mitchell uh please stay tuned next week uh, uh tune in next week from 8 30 to 10 and we'll have another very good and important information for you. Have a good day. Goodbye.